Hey, Dylan here. Before we roll the intro and get into today's episode, there's something that I quickly want to share with all of you listening to this. So given the current situation in the world, live content is becoming more and more important for SaaS companies right now. Webinars, roundtables, and online events are taking over. And if you've tried running any of these yourself, you know just how difficult they can be. And that's where today's sponsor can help. Restream allows you to broadcast live, engaging video directly from your browser to 30 plus social networks at the same time. They power over 8 million live streams every single month and are already trusted by companies like Cisco, IBM, and Microsoft. And more importantly, I love Restream and I'm using it every single day. So with this sponsorship, they're enabling us to take this podcast and my own live streams to the next level so that we can bring you even better interviews. If you would want to try it out, please visit restree.am forward slash Dylan. That's R-E-S-T-R-E dot A-M forward slash Dylan. It'll take you straight to the homepage and show them that you came from this podcast. They have a great free plan that you can use to test it out. And you'll also get a $10 credit when signing up using that link. So once again, that's restree.am forward slash Dylan. Okay, let's get into today's show and roll the intro. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the SaaS Marketing Show, a weekly podcast for founders and marketers within SaaS and B2B tech. You'll be hearing from senior marketers and founders at some of the most exciting companies in the world. You can expect to hear advice, results of experiments, and exactly what's working behind the scenes of some rapidly growing SaaS and B2B technology companies. No top-level BS, actionable stuff only. My name is Dylan Hay, and I'm one of the co-founders of Hay Digital, a PPC and CRO agency that helps SaaS and B2B technology companies grow. I just happen to also be the host of this show. So when we're not interviewing senior marketers or founders, we'll be sharing behind the scenes of our business and exactly what's working for our own customers, many of whom are just like you listening to this podcast. Okay, let's get into today's show. Are you looking for your next scalable acquisition channel? Something that consistently drives new signups and demo requests. Sounds like it's time to introduce PPC. At Hey Digital, we're experts at helping SaaS and B2B technology companies grow with paid ads. Learn more at heydigital.co. Hello, everybody. I'm excited that you're here today listening to the SaaS Marketing Show. And today I'm joined with Nick from LearnWorlds. So LearnWorlds is an online course platform for creating, selling, and promoting your online courses. Nick, thank you for joining us on the show today. Hi, Dylan. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be on your podcast. It's a very exciting opportunity here. Thank you for jumping on. So today we're going to talk, we're, we're going to kind of deep dive into some of the success that you guys at LearnWorlds have seen specifically as a result of some of the PPC marketing that you've been doing. So anyone watching this, listening to this, I'll have seen that the title of this episode is centered around how you've managed to forex your trial volume recently as a result of PPC, which is an awesome result. And I am super excited to deep dive into that. But before we do that, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about LearnWorlds and what you do in the team as well. What we offer is the platform, as you said. It's not just uh, for courses, it's for training, it's for people who do coaching, it's for people who do e-learning in general. 
So our main focus is self-paced courses. But awesome. with third-party software, let's say Zoom, that we're using right now also, you can do yeah. live webinars through our platform and you can uh, actually have a community behind it. So you have a learning community and you can have a membership site. Uh, it's a very customized platform. Awesome. So, cool. Um, what we do is that we serve three kinds of customers. It's the customer who want to just sell courses. They might have an idea, they have a skill. I could be good at golf or I, I could be teaching marketing, depending on what I want to do. And this could be a side business or my full business or just a way to have a side income. Then it's the more professional trainers. And we see a lot of people and that's the people who are affected right now by the COVID-19. So a lot of workshop trainers, they go, they do training to companies, but talking with a few of them, they got tired of traveling. They're being called from one side of the US to the other. I was talking with a trainer in Germany. She had to go from her village to the main cities to do the training. And she found us and she had, last time I talked with her, more than 10 courses and moving her training online. So she still goes for the physical, but it's an upsell for her. It's uh, reaching more people. She, be, she has become famous. She cannot join all the trainings, so that she has to move online. And this is what we see right now with this crisis going on around. These are the main people that are coming, along with companies that are doing it, two things that is very interesting, especially for SaaS. They, you can either do internal onboarding of employees, training the employees, compliance training, Mm. Or some companies are selling these to their customers or they train their customers to onboard them. And this is the interesting case for, uh, for the SaaS. Even mm. we use our academy as an onboarding tool. And this actually, uh, we see that everyone who has joined the academy before buying, it's actually four times more likely to buy compared to people who did not join the academy. Wow. I think that's a really valuable insight that you shared already before we get to some of the other stuff. So I, I know you're talking about the academy that you have on the site, which is your own like learning resources and support that you yeah. give to other people, course creators, whatever it might be. So you just said that people who complete that or go through that academy, they are, do you say four times as likely to purchase yes. versus someone that doesn't go through that and just signs up self-service without going through that? Exactly. Because in our case, it's also the, ex- the best example of our product. Awesome. But in other cases, it's also onboarding and having an educational sequence, having more engaged people. So the more engaged someone is with your brand, the more likely they are going to come back. And we teach them how to use our product, especially in high-touch uh, software. You see that you, you, need a, you have a learning curve. If this learning curve is not like 10 minutes or 15 minutes, and someone has to spend a, few, a couple of hours or a few days, you need to educate them. This is happening by remarketing, uh, emails, but it's also happening by educational academy, resources, courses. And on the courses, it's the opportunity to have it structured. You have the support documents, you have the technical documents along with the video. And this is much stronger than just sending them two, three emails and saying, download this ebook, go to the support and go take the video. It's all in a structure and you can see the video and then you see the technical documents. Then maybe you have a technical exam, an assignment, tell them answer, get feedback, talk with our support. It's more interactive. Yeah, this is great because uh, I'll be honest with you, like one thing that I always naturally think of, and I'm sure other people listening to this probably will do as well, is when I think about online course platforms or learning platforms, I often just think about the let's say influencers that have their 997 a month product or their like 
programs, etc., which is fine. I'm not throwing any hate towards those because I know how valuable they, they can be as well. But I actually, until I was uh, communicating with you ahead of this podcast interview and before I did any research on you guys, I never really thought about the approach of actually just using this as e-learning, like you said, right? Being yeah. able to use it for onboarding, being able to use it, it within businesses, within SaaS companies, etc. You know, in our, comp- in our industry and in marketing in general, you can see HubSpot. Yep. They are doing perfectly. Yep. Hasbro has certificates and they teach you about marketing, but what they do, they give you certificates on how to use HubSpot. The mm-hmm. same goes with Hootsuite, uh, the same goes with a lot of other companies. Yep. And we have big software uh, customers that are, uh, are teaching people how to use their software because it's so complex, they need to onboard and educate them. And awesome. just a fun fact, if you want to share, I was talking with a friend about the AWS, Amazon mm-hmm. Web Services. What they do is offer free training and they give credits for people to educate their their employees. And they give you credits if you educate all all your team, which means that your team is more tightly connected with uh, AWS. And Mm -hmm. if your managers are thinking of moving, you have a a whole team of 10 or 100 people so tightly close and educated on AWS that they will object into moving. So you have the people who will... Uh, force you to buy that product internally in the team. It's like your own micro-influencer inside the company right. for B2B sales. Right, yeah. And I think that's some, some really good advice that you're giving and that you've clearly worked on with your academy and um, all the education that you guys put out there. It's like, if you can, for all the SaaS founders, marketers listening to this, like if you can try and make your not just your product as sticky as possible, but the whole experience as sticky as possible, then people are going to be less likely to leave. Then you're going to build your own brand evangelists and and so many other bits and pieces. Like as an example from my side, so as an agency, we're a drift partner and um, we're so bought into the drift ecosystem because of the trainings that they provide us with, the learnings that we go through with them, but then also just the way that they treat us versus the way that some other Um, companies may treat us from that perspective. So I think that's a really interesting point. So let's just talk quickly to set some expectations for everyone listening to this so they can find out a bit more about where you're at as a business as well. Maybe you could share with us some of the numbers about um, where you guys are at in terms of uh, revenue would be a good starting point. As a privately held company, we cannot share many of the numbers. So I can share you what we have already publicly uh, uh, said through press releases and most of the data is from last year, but I think you will understand the size from there. So around last year, um, around this time, like spring, we, we surpassed the 1 million ARR. Awesome. And we have been growing through there. Around the summer, we passed the 1,000 customers mark. This is the death pit of uh, startups between the 100 and 1,000 uh, customers. Usually, if you surpass 1,000 customers, you're a growing company that is more stable than most. Yeah. And an interesting number is our team. I joined the company early on 2017. I was the fourth employee with three co-founders, and now we are almost 40 people. And just this month alone, before our recent growth, we're going to talk about this period, we are already planning to hire a lot of people, and we had five people joining our team just this month. Congratulations on those people joining the team too and that growth that you guys have seen because I know that there's a lot of people who aren't hiring right now or putting things off like that right now and I think uh, as I said to you before we started recording this I've just had I've just made a hire for our team too and for me I think this is the time where we have the opportunity to really 
really become like great leaders with our people and with our teams yeah. as well. and going through that commitment says a lot about you guys so yeah congratulations on that just the yeah. one other thing to note too in yeah. terms of numbers before we start talking and going deep on uh, on marketing and this uh, PPC experiments that you've been running I know that last year you also completed a round of investment from yeah. uh, marathon BC so maybe you could tell us a little bit about that as well yeah, uh, we have been talking for about a year before the investment, and this is uh, 1.1 million dollars. It's 1 million euros in uh, investment for Marathon. They are investing in a lot of startups, mostly in Greece or from Greek founders, and they have a pool of investment to offer, and they're still investing. They have helped us in a lot of ways to grow, like uh, introductions, partnerships, advice, and a lot of uh, small things. And this investment has gone through our product to hire a lot, a lot of more people much faster. Mm. So we're planning to hire quite a few people, but this has allowed us, I think, to hire almost double the number and much faster than we expected. And one of the most important hires, in my opinion, is our PPC manager. And we'll be talking a bit more later on because I yeah. was managing the PPC, but we are also managing the organic part. And PPC was, uh, and I was not, given enough time and now we have someone full-time working on it and we're seeing incredible changes and increases that that you need a full-time person to manage on those awesome i would love to find out from you like from a marketing perspective ppc aside what else has been the biggest drivers of success for you guys and then maybe like what's one experiment that you tried that really didn't work out when you expected it to. I think those would be two cool things that we could chat about really quick. I actually have an experience that didn't, didn't work out in PPC, which hasn't okay, cool. my mind. Yeah, so that's our first landing pages didn't really work out. We tried a landing page for a specific country and a couple of landing pages for specific industries that we believe that will see growth. We actually brought a lot of traffic from there, but okay. it was not very good traffic. We converted okay. some of the people, so it was partial successful, but it was not mm-hmm. great. And, but we still experiment on landing pages. That, that's n- not something we stopped. And we see uh, better results in other campaigns, other landing pages. So okay. you have to expect that, that you sure. have a lot of experience, especially in PPC that will fail in order for others to succeed. Yeah, for sure. And like, obviously, we, we try and make sure that those, those successes come more frequently than the failures. But in reality, like the, the thing that usually happens is often there's probably there's more small failures than there are successes, but the value of the successes are higher than the failures, right? So it works itself out. One thing that we see with the SaaS companies that we work with and the conversations that I have when people are thinking about either starting PPC or now going to an agency or trying to hire someone to help them with their PPC is like often people will, they'll, they'll do an experiment. So they'll do what you did. They'll go, okay, we think we think it makes sense to make these landing pages for these countries or these landing pages for these industries. And then something just won't work. And then they'll stop everything else, right? Because they'll be like, oh, this, this didn't work and they won't carry on. And I, I can understand earlier stage businesses, maybe why that happens, because of course no one likes to waste money or burn money or whatever it might be. But these are the points that you have to take to really then go ahead and learn from. One quick tip off the back of that. So with a, one of our current customers who um, we've been running campaigns for for a while now, just making, sometimes it's like the smallest changes can make the biggest differences. So usually I would go a lot more in depth with things like I'm not the kind of person that likes someone to say oh just change the button color and this will happen or change this and that will happen but we were seeing that with one of the customers the landing page that we we're driving the traffic to similar to what you said by the time that someone had either 
gone through and completed the sign up to start the trial or they'd requested to get onto a call with the sales team, they were still not quite sure about the, the kind of value of this product or the price point of this product. And that was because on the landing page, we, we removed all of the header navigation, all of the footer navigation, and we were very focused on the landing page. But when it came to talking about pricing, the only thing that we had was like what the pricing started from on the landing page. So then we introduced a new test. And the only thing that we changed was we introduced more of a pricing widget. And instead of like fully breaking down all of the pricing, we just broke down two or three of the different brackets with some of the core areas of these. So it's like a minimal pricing page, but within the landing okay. page that people weren't going elsewhere. And the conversion increased by like 6%. And that was literally the only change that we made on the page. Ooh, so sometimes it's like these, these small things and things that you can try and figure out from the data that you collect that can actually make those tests, even though they seem like a failure, they can actually make them a win for you guys. Because like with that change, we now know that, okay, whenever we create a landing page, let's always start with that like that small yeah. pricing angle that we have in there and go from there so we also saw bigger conversions instead of changing designs like begging from an older version to a newer one that was yeah. a small increase or change in the conversions but the huge changes happen when we change the text mm. the small part of the text because we have a lot of different segments and they identify differently sure. uh, changing that uh, had a bigger impact than changing designs Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting because people sometimes always go straight to the design. But if you're messaging, like, so us as an agency, we really value the quality of design, right? Like design can really aid in conversion. But ultimately, what's the, what's the term that people say, you can't polish a turd, right? Like if, something, if something's no good, if the messaging is no good, but you have a great design, it's still, it's still not going to help, right? And that's yeah. where messaging is also very, very important. I yeah. know that you had a PPC like expert join the team internally in December, you said, last year. And yeah. from that point forward, you've been seeing some really good growth across PPC specifically. Maybe if you could share with us and some of the listeners, like, let's go into this. Like, what are, what are some of the things that you have changed since this person's come in that's seeing such good growth for you guys from that channel? Because I think a lot of SaaS companies that we speak with and a lot of people listening to this sometimes really do struggle to get PPC working for them. Yeah. And that's why they come to us. So when I hear someone that actually, like when we were having the conversations mm -hmm. podcast and you said, hey, look, managing this internally and we've been able to get these great results, for me, that's awesome to hear because yeah. I don't hear that very often. So maybe tell us a little bit about some of the things that you've introduced and what you've been doing from that angle. So how it works now, it's the... The, the new person is, she's the one who is taking care of all the PPC, and, but we are talking all the, all the time because I manage data from our CRM and our organic. So how it works is that content informs the PPC and PPC informs the content mm. because we see a lot of trends, especially right now. Everything changed the last two, three weeks with the COVID crisis because people started trending in much, much different results. We see everything about online courses going up we see about video going up. We see a lot of other trends showing up every day. I'm not just talking that there is a trend coming up. The trends changing almost every day. And we are changing our content strategy, our uh, SEO strategy, and our PPC strategy together at all the time. So one of the things that is changing right now, because it's uh, slower to create a new landing page with uh, our developer team, and it's faster to write an article, a lot of mm. my articles on the content side on the blog are being tested on the PPC and we test the conversion rates. Okay. In most cases, a landing page will convert much better, 
but we see that it depends a lot on the funnel stage uh, of uh, anyone. Like if they are on the top uh, top funnel on the awareness stage, yep. the an article will have a similar impact as the as the landing page. Whether if they are on the bottom of the funnel, that means they're ready to buy. They are more. They have research, and it's easier to convert them through a landing page, which is more focused. Mm, interesting. That's a, that's actually a really interesting point. So uh, I have a couple of questions to ask you off the back of that yeah. as well. Like with a lot of the companies that we work with, from a from a PPC perspective, so I'm talking like purely Google search here as well, and I, I'm, we can talk about other platforms. I'm interested to see what other platforms you're testing, if, if any too. But from a PPC perspective, like we, depending on the size of the business, kind of top of funnel marketing from, from a paid search is something that we aren't actually doing too often. Like we're very, we're very conversion focused with the ads that we're running for, for our customers. And often we've just found that like top of funnel from a conversion perspective is just very, very expensive versus like bottom of funnel, of course, which, which makes sense. But of course, we still do top of funnel marketing where it makes sense. And we just try and get creative with how we do that. But what you just said about the using the articles instead of a landing page in cases where um, it's just faster to do that and for more like top and mid funnel awareness search terms, that makes sense to me. But one thing that I wanted to ask you and one thing that I can add also in this current situation, we have a customer called Procurement Flow. They're a procurement software. And, and this, in this like time right now, they can really help a lot of businesses. And what they've done is they've put together a specific page all about like the impacts of COVID-19, what it has on teams and how their tool can support through this. But the, the page isn't overly salesy. It's not super, super product focused. It's, it, it is a blog post. It reads like a blog post, but there's CTAs threaded throughout mm-hmm. that. And that is working very well at the moment for bottom of funnel conversion from PPC. So we've seen like one example of of that. Are you doing that solely for top of funnel and like awareness Um, type of campaigns? Or are you doing that for bottom of funnel? No, we have a lot of different stages of the funnel and we are testing it. It just shows that the bottom of the funnel doesn't work very well. It's better to send them on the landing page. So it depends on the intent. But uh, our previous manager is still uh, testing the new trends on the new articles because we, we move on some things. We actually copied them because we like so much the Ahrefs uh, blog tactic. I was reading yep. an article about them and one of our consultants suggested that we try that, that we are already trying in smaller quantities. So we're writing product-focused uh, content pieces and drunk and they have uh, content. Yep. So w- what happens is that you have the content and in the content where you are teaching someone to do something, you input your product inside it. So it doesn't matter if you mention other products, other ways of doing it, but you need a few sections, screenshots of your product, how to do this, because yeah. people are getting this as a guide. And we see yeah. this is converting much better in organic, it ranks better in organic, actually converts better in the PPC too. Okay, so then you're putting, you're putting paid spend behind those articles as well. So is that from like, a, like which other channels aside from Google, which other channels are you guys using at Landworks for your advertising at the moment? Uh, we're actually using Facebook. We yep. tested LinkedIn, but we, did, we weren't very successful. It was very expensive at the time. Yep. And we're planning to, ch- to choose more channels later on. But right now, uh, Google is very big and we didn't even get into the bottom of the, of the bucket yet. So sure. we're investing more and more budget in Google. That's the primary one. Yeah. Facebook, we're, we're investing quite a lot of money too, but it's less. And yeah. we see that there is still potential in both channels. We don't need to go anywhere else yet. 
for sure yeah and so those articles that you just talked about like the how-to and the helpful ones where then you mention you guys's product in there of course like using that strategy from ahrefs so anyone that hasn't heard about that before ahrefs have a post all about how they do this and i'd recommend people check that out too but are you then so you're putting like paid spend behind each of those in facebook just boosting them out to audiences right so yeah th- like- think about uh, your onboarding sequence so how yeah. do you do the onboarding you send traffic to three different channels. For us, it's both organic and PPC. And then we do remarketing, and we have these different articles depending on the stage on different stages. Mm. And this helps push the people from uh, the top to the bottom. Awesome. I love that. I love that thing you said about think about PPC like onboarding or as part of your onboarding. Because yeah. I think that's so sometimes that's a mistake that people make or just don't think about, right? They see it as, oh, it's just a nut, it's a, it's another channel um, instead of it's part of the entire experience for yeah. our customers and for our, for our users. We're very lucky to have a very understanding CEO. So, right. because there is a challenge on how you report this to your managers. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you have to have lead captures and these lead captures, then you have to track, are they converting from an ebook to a trial and then to a customer? Are they yeah. not converting? Because I have done this, uh, I got a lot of leads from ebooks and then they were not converting. And yeah. then I have a sequence to convert them. And then I saw these people coming from other channels. Mm. Uh, later on, it's a multi-channel approach. You cannot yeah. cut something back. And yeah. one interesting thing is that at some point, we saw that Facebook remarketing was bringing a lot of trial leads, which mm-hmm. is higher quality than just ebook leads. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were not converting paying customers. Mm. And then we stop this for the next month. And the next month, all the conversions fall down. So Facebook remarketing is bringing uh, indirect conversions through the other channels, just the people who are coming at that moment of time on the trial, they were not converting in the next month, they were converting later, or it was pushing other channels to convert. So the remarketing is essential, and we should have stopped it. I'm just making a note on my uh, Google Doc to like take a clip of what you just said there, Nick, because like we have this conversation with our customers and with our potential customers, and because we saw something similar, and of course they listen to me, but other people like hearing that from somebody else, it's like an external party, will be very useful. Like there's one customer I think of in particular who we would see whenever we were running. Actually, the same with Google Display Network as well. Like whenever we were running Facebook remarketing campaigns, which we now like we're always running for them. Um, and whenever we're running Google display campaigns, the conversion rate would always increase and there would always be an increase in direct trial signups. Exactly. And That's another thing that we can say that maybe I'm, I'm moving a bit faster, but because we talk about this thing with the COVID, yeah. we saw a trend going on and we actually increased, uh, I think we tripled the budget on advertising right now. Okay. And we see that this affects directly the direct organic traffic because when I do my, my reporting and I check, I might be interested more in the, in the non-branded organic traffic, but I also check the branded traffic at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you see that the branded traffic is growing on a rate that corresponds to the paid, tra- uh, the paid advertisements. Yeah. And so how do you guys tackle that? Because for example, I know you said you have a very understanding CEO, which of course is very (laughs) helpful, but like this is one of the challenges within SaaS and paid media specifically is that in a, in a buyer journey, like in a customer journey for a a new SaaS product, if I sign up for learn worlds and end up purchasing, there's going to have been such a multitude of touch points, right? So we always look at this 
in um in like a uh, attribution map within Google Analytics, and we can see like okay, this this sign up that was generated, they they came from a paid ad, then they saw blog content, then they left, and then they got hit with a remarketing ad, and then they signed up. And there's like there's always so many different journeys. So we always get asked by customers and by potential new customers too, like. How do we how do we figure this out? And I know that there's not one straight answer because everyone has a different attribution. Yeah. But how do you tackle that in your team? We're using a lot of tools. And yeah. right, for example, Mixpanel, who is coming from where and how they act. But the thing is, uh, one challenge we had is that you have to have connected the Mixpanel of your website with the Mixpanel of your paid accounts because we're, yeah. we're using single accounts per customer. So on the trial account, it's, uh, it's not on our website. It's some domain, it's a different instance, it's a different software, it has to be connected and you have to see the full journey. Yep. Uh, one thing that helped me without going too deep into Mixpanel, which is a more technical part, is GA Connector. Mm-hmm. We use this, it's a plugin for Google Analytics, you need the developer to help you set it up. It gets the data of the first landing page and the last landing page into yep. your CRM. It's not perfectly accurate, but from having, we have increased attributed uh, customers by 20%. Awesome. So awesome. this little gap where I don't know where this direct person has found me, has increased. Yeah. Okay. And there are also a lot of things like, don't forget public relations. Like mm. uh, I have done public relations in uh, one of my internships. It's not something I like so much, but it's something that I have a lot of respect because if you send, Press releases to small sites, any new site, aggregates and all that, it will, it will do nothing. But one brand mention in a big magazine, one brand mention in some, somewhere big, it's, it's going to blow up your business. For sure. Okay. So just to recap some of the things that you said too. So from the PPC perspective, some of the things that you've yeah. done to help you like forex that trial volume as a result of PPC. One major thing that you said right at the beginning is you actually use content and analytics around content to inform your PPC strategy, but then also PPC data to inform the content strategy. I love that. You said that you've also been testing some blog content with PPC as opposed to traditional landing pages for everything for more like top and maybe mid funnel stuff. Have in mind that we're writing some pieces of the content strategy as conversion articles. So some of it is informing, some of it is for traffic, but some of it are so tied up with the product that they, they are converting a higher percentage of people into trials. That's awesome. Okay. And then you also mentioned, we talked a little bit about how when you stopped running Facebook remarketing for a month as a test, you then noticed that there was a drop in indirect conversions that happened. Exactly. So you can, you can both say direct that. direct and organic, actually. Yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Both Be- because branded organic, you'll see that they, uh, while you're increasing your budget on PPC, branded organic mentions are going to increase. Yeah. And if you are looking on Search Console like me every day, yeah. you notice that if you, let's say, double the budget on PPC today, in next week you'll have uh, 20% more branded visits from organic and you'll see organic trials being more in your Google Analytics. Sure, sure. And I know that like PPC in itself and marketing itself, there's so many things that we could talk about, but is there maybe like, is there one other thing from, uh, do you have like one other cool tip that you've been testing over the last few months that has helped drive that yeah. growth? PPC? I, I was talking this morning with our PPC manager to give me a few extra tips. Yeah. And we've actually been discussing on the meetings pretty often how, we, uh, how she does something. So yeah. One very interesting thing is breaking down your campaigns into smaller parts. Mm-hmm. So we have seen an increase in actually lower uh, trial acquisition cost by splitting into countries 
And yeah, we see some countries having a, a lower acquisition cost. Of course, the most valuable countries have a higher cost. And if you if you don't have someone who is spending their full time in analyzing the campaigns all, uh, every day, then you might not want to sp to break down each country by country. A good idea, a good trick is to break it down into GDP, mm. because U.S., Canada, the U.K., Australia, they usually have a higher GDP than other countries. They can afford higher plants. They can afford to spend more on software, so it's better customers. So, if you you can either break down these countries into more specific advertisements that will help in conversions. And this is how you split the better your budget. Or you can group them on GDP. And you have to be careful if you have a shared budget on all of these campaigns or you want to assign specific budget in each country. This is also another thing that yep. someone has to be very careful. Yeah, those are two really good points. So um, as you said, this is one thing that we practice too, is if you have... Like if you're working with someone like us, like an agency, or you have someone internally that has the time to do it, then splitting it into individual countries is a really great idea. However, if, uh, if not, and even sometimes with some of our customers, depending on search volumes and conversion rates too, what we'll do is we'll split campaigns into what we would call tier one and tier two countries. Yeah. Different countries pay different plans because they can afford it or not. And yep. so it depends on a lot, I think, if you are in e-commerce or in, you are in the, um, the low-value, like there, there are sales companies that uh, they're, uh, their software costs five dollars or ten dollars, and us uh, will have a more premium price because e-learning is uh, more complex and it's most costly for both us and our customers. Are making more money out of it, for sure. So, awesome, cool. Yeah. So I think um, so far you've shared some really some really valuable advice and tips that people can go away and like try and implement themselves within their own PPC strategies and also just general marketing to you've said some really useful things so I, I really appreciate you for coming on the show today for sharing those with us before we wrap things up is there anything that you want to kind of share with the audience at the moment or where can they for, I would say where can they find out more about learn worlds but it's pretty easy they just go to the website right so is there, yeah. is there anything that you want to kind of promote or anything exciting that you guys have got going on at the moment that people should be aware of yeah it might be interesting because uh, until the end of April we have opened our academy courses uh, for free so we had some premium courses that were only accessible to our customers because there is an actual high growth on e-learning right now. People are in their houses. They just uh, sit there. there some people have time, have a lot of things to do like me because <laughs> we have a lot of more people coming in. But some more people have free time. So they're trying to spend time watching movies or some people are trying to learn. And we see even our customers have uh, growing income, uh, growing revenues from courses, and some of them are opening their courses for free. We have also opened our courses for free. It's more about anyone who wants to do uh, anything about e-learning, training, learn how to sell the courses, how to market them, how to do interactive videos. So everything that is in our academy, you can go to our site and you will find it, or go to academy.learnworlds.com and join it, and you'll see how actually e-learning is on the use, whether you're training your customers or just selling online courses. Awesome. That's great. And that's running until, did you say the end of April at the moment? Yes. Great. Fantastic. If, well, uh, we hope the situation will blow up soon. And if it goes yeah. on, we'll probably leave it open for more. Well, uh, Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'll speak to you again yeah. soon. Thank you for inviting me. It was great being here.